Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of realeverything.com. I'm all about loving the skin you're in and being healthy inside and out. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne of thepaleomom.com. I believe that scientific literacy is the key to improving public health. Welcome to The Whole View, episode 429, whereby Sarah finally has power. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let me just set the stage to say we were supposed to record a very detailed information dance show about a week ago, and then we were going to have a second information dance show <laughs> recorded today. And unfortunately, um, because of incredible storms where Sarah lives, um, there was no power for many days. And yeah. I think the thing that's interesting to me about this is that the more people I talk to, the more people have experienced this. I mean, we've talked about um, climate change on the show. We are believers in science and we know that, the world is changing and it's causing record-breaking number of storms, um, intensity of storms, but also other sorts of climate change in other parts of the country. Sarah and I both live on the East Coast, but we know like earlier this year, the West Coast was experiencing, you know, just unprecedented. Well, the fires on record. Yeah. Yes. And, and so what, you know, is just startling to me as we're thinking about, okay, how how can we check in with you, our listeners, but still like share some information. You know, I think one of the things that I just want to emphasize is this is, this is going, if it has not affected you yet, it may affect you. And so what maybe could we learn from the experiences that Sarah, (laughs) you've recently had? And um, I think it was last year or the year before our neighborhood actually lost six days of power. Um, so it's it's like when you have a freezer full of grass-fed organic meat, mm-hmm. that's stressful. It um, hurts your feelings is what it does. <laughs> it's stressful. Um, so maybe we could talk a little bit about how you managed. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say how you thrived. How you, how you pulled through, how you're here today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll help our listeners maybe come up with a preparation list. I think one of the things that I learned after that experience last year was um, to be more prepared. And um, fortunately for us, we have a gas generator, but all of our neighbors needed to come, you know, charge their phones or, um, you know, take a shower and different kinds of things. And people didn't have water, people didn't have batteries and flashlights, people didn't have Um, Some of the things that uh, we could be more prepared for to be successful. Um, And if you do have a freezer full of meat, um, it might not be the worst thing to look into a standalone generator, um, depending on your means and wherewithal to acquire one. But uh, before we had one uh, for this house, we had like a standalone one at our last house. And I got it after a huge winter snowstorm that took out our power for several days. Fortunately, we could just put the meat in the snow. <laughs> Something worth considering now. Yeah, we, we didn't have the the snow to uh, keep, keep food cold this, for this one. Um, yeah, I 
I trying to frame the experience as much as I can in uh, both gratitude and action. So um, as much as it, it was a very frustrating experience, I think the not knowing, I think was one of the hardest things. Like I'm naturally, my personality is a very sort of like planner type person and not being able to plan, not being able to like know what's going to happen, if we're going to have power on today, or if it's going to be two more days. Um, you know, and, and there are, as we record, there are still thousands of people without power still, um, because of the, the storm damage and we're well inland. So, you know, it's just magnify that much more for, for everyone on the coast who I just, you know, my heart's go out to, to everyone. I mean, it, as you said, Stacy, the, the impact of, weather events is magnifying and it's impacting more people because of how those weather events are gaining strength and frequency due to climate change. And, um, and so it was just, you know, it was, um, it was a a challenging experience to go through at the same time as acknowledging that our experience was, we were so fortunate in so many ways compared to, um, the experience that a lot of, of people are having. So I've been trying as much as I can to sort of think about, you know, the things that we had that, um, I was really thankful for. So I was especially just had so much gratitude for our camping gear. Like that was, you know, having, um, like flashlights and lanterns that were chargeable, um, having a camp cook stove, but also having a grill that I could cook on, um, like th- those things made uh, like just being able to have hot food because for the first day we couldn't get out of our neighborhood. Um, and so being able to, to cook food was, um, I mean, it was, it was really nice to not just eat like Lara bars for dinner, which would have been like the other option and, you know, chomp snack sticks. Um, so, um, so I was very grateful for our camping gear. I was very grateful that, um, the couple of battery packs that we own that we can charge our phones from were plugged into the wall and fully charged when the power went out. So we were actually able to keep our phones charged throughout the whole thing. They didn't, the cell, our cell tower was down for the first um, half a day. So once the cell tower came back on, then we could find out what was going on in the world. And and that, um, it's funny how you think about, like when we were kids, we didn't, you know, if the power went out, we didn't have any you know, there was a radio and that was, you know, that was about it. And you kind of found out things through like talking with the neighbors and we kind of went back to that, you know, that type of, we you know, walked the dog and talked with all of our neighbors and made sure everyone was okay. And it, we had this really wonderful sort of community experience through it. Um, I was very grateful. I have a really impressed with my candle collection. I had really no idea, but I kept pulling these. I was like, "Oh, and this is this is the candle <laughs> holder from this thing, and this is the candle holder." Like it was just, I kept finding uh, candles and candle holders, and I was able to to uh, keep us, you know, by candlelight mornings and evenings um, throughout. I mean, we weren't going to get another day out of the candles. We were on our last ones when the power came back on. Uh, but that was also that was a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, who knew um, either? Um, I don't use candles that much, but people think I do. So they gift them to me very often, or 
I impulse buy candles. Actually, let's let's be honest, it's a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. I also apparently impulse buy candles because um, candles are awesome. So uh, so yeah, we were we were um, able to to survive on candlelight, and that also helped warm the house, which was nice. Um, and I think the other the other thing that I was feeling a lot of gratitude for was, you know, part of the pandemic experience has been um, finding ways to spend time as a family that are really um, valuable and productive. Like we're spending so much time together. It's really easy to, to let it just be um, uh, sort of like all the same. And one of the things that it was a, it was a tip from a psychologist that I heard that was, you know, about, searching for, um, experiences that stand out. So in normal life, you might have the the day where you go to the museum or you might have, you know, uh, somebody's, uh, birthday party or some other, like, you know, a thing to mark time. And one of the things with the pandemic, spending so much time at home, um, and really just for us, um, it's just, we're just spending time with, with the four of us. Um, and so, we've been trying to brainstorm like ways of um, having family experiences that are the types of things that stand out. And one of the things that we have found is that like a board game is, even if you play the same game, it can be so different playing at one time to the next. And so being able to play like board games in the evenings by candlelight and having sort of practiced family time because it felt, um, we felt even more isolated with the power off. Um, because I mean, and we were like even more like all hanging out in the one, one room (laughs) with candles. Um, and so that was also something that I felt uh, a large amount of gratitude for was, was being able to, um, being able to to draw on those skills um, that we've been trying to work on for the last um, six, not that we didn't work on family time before the pandemic, but it's just been something that has, uh, we've realized there was room for improvement through 2020. And it's something that we've been working on. So, um, so I'm really trying to practice the gratitude for all of the things that we had. I'm just, um, you know, grateful that we were able to, um, uh, you know, we have neighbors on both sides of our house have, have trees in their yard that are down and um, there's a lot of damage. And I'm, I'm also grateful to be able to like, you know, we did our yard cleanup and we were able to help our neighbors with their yard cleanup and, and just being able to, to be in a community that could come together like that. Um, and then I'm also just thinking about what do I, uh, what do I wish I had? Um, you know, and a generator is, top top on the list um you know the the losing food is again it it hurts it hurts the feelings it's not in the grand scheme of things important um but uh I think that would have been the thing that as I think about like what are the tangible things that I can do to be better prepared for next time um that that was the number one thing was um was having some way of keeping food cold, um, like an electric cooler or 
with a with a battery generator or some something. I know there's a lot of different options. So that is what I'm we trying have, to figure out now. I was gonna say we have one that um, we got on our road trip, and we'll put a link in the show notes because we've used it a lot, um, and I can say that it works. That plugs in to the car, like a oh cool. Do you so know you what I'm charge it with the car? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like what do they call the cigarette lighter thing? That's not actually mm-hmm. what you call it, but the 12 volt. 12 volts. Yes. Uh, yeah. And yeah. we got that from, you know, doing our three month road trip, but we've used it multiple times for camping and things since. And it is so useful and it can do cold or warm. I don't know why anyone would need like a cooler full of warmness, but of warm. Well, I suppose oh, I'm going to, I'm going to come up with an idea. If you were on your way to a potluck with a warm dish that you wanted to keep warm. A lot of warm dishes. Yes. A lo- if you were <laughs> doing the entire potluck by yourself of warm dishes, um, sure, surely, surely there's some other. Right. So that's, that's <laughs> what I can tell you is it's been helpful as a fridge for us. <laughs> it's basically like yes. a mini fridge that plugs in on the go, which has been great. And so I can, um, put a link to that one. Cause I have, I did a lot of research on brands and things. And, um, anyway, yes, one of those, and there's all different kinds of generators that you can get. Again, this is one of those things that like we did, we're really fortunate. We have gas, a natural gas line to our home. And so if you have one of those, you can actually get a generator installed on your home itself that the natural gas line will power that like ours wow. automatically kicks in. Um, that's not inexpensive, but um, it is. Does great. it power the power the whole yes. home? Yes. Wow. So that's why I was saying, like the neighbors were coming over and charging their phones and like taking showers and cooking things in the kitchen and um, that kind of stuff because our our basically our house didn't stop having power because it just flips on to natural gas, but they also have standalone you know, much more affordable. This is like something you pay to have someone installed in your home and, you know, all that. But they have, you know, standalone ones that can power certain things for either short amount of time or whatever. And something like your freezer um, is is important. If you've made a big investment into, yep. you know, a freezer full of um, organic grass-fed food, protect it. And here's the thing is once you buy it you won't have any more issues anymore right like yeah. <laughs> one of the first thing that I said to Sarah when she said she lost power because of the big storm is I was like you totally jinxed us last week when you I were so talking, talking on the um show about um loving well, your walks in the storm and then you were like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah um I did not so I think being so far inland um, and you know, having lived here for 12 years, I've, I've never experienced a storm this powerful. Um, and so I think, um, I got a little bit too comfortable with how much, you know, when we've had other hurricane remnants, you know, they, they break up so much and they lose so much power by the time they get here. Um, that even right. Sally and Delta were huge amounts of rain. Um, but, um, uh, you know, except people in uh, floodplains and those, you know, hundred year flood areas, um, you know, for us, it was, it was just a lot of rain. And um, 
and this was this was a different experience and not one that I really understood was possible in our area. And so, uh, again, chalking it up to a learning experience and respecting Mother Nature a whole lot. And I think that's the that's the other thing that I'm really taking from this experience is I think I, you know, when we did, um, I, I checked it, it was episode 352 where we talked about sustainability and uh, ways to lower our, lower our carbon footprint. And after watching the Our Planet um, documentary, this was almost two years ago now, um, my family was really motivated to make changes. And we did a ton of things, right? We switched to um, more cloth instead of paper products. The paper products that we were buying are all um, bamboo, which is completely renewable and not, um, there's no actual trees that are being used to make them. Um, you know, we uh, really got rid of single-use plastics in our home. Like we did a lot of things. And I think we got to a point where we're like, and, you know, and we're good. We're doing lots of things, right? We're doing, we're doing more than average. And, um, and sort of like we got complacent, I guess, like, right. We feel, feel, uh, proud of the make changes that we've made. And, um, now I'm taking this experience. I'm like, okay, we need to, to go back and look at what are the more things we can do. Um, you know, what, what, what else is there? What is the, what's the thing that we've left on the table that we can now address? And so that is the other piece for me is, um, you know, really taking the experience as, um, motivation to keep making changes within our family to lower our carbon footprint and ideally, you know, not just be carbon neutral, but zero waste. Like that is, that is the ideal. And so, um, you know, I think that there's been so much this year, right? This year has just been so many things. And, um, and I think for me, it was part of navigating this year was, um, putting blinders on a little bit and really trying to, um, trying to problem solve around the things that were in my control and, and trying to not allow things that felt beyond my control to, to like be forces of, of stress. And this experience made me go, Oh, I think my blinders are too, too tight. Um, I think I've, I've forgotten that there are things that are, are within my control and I can control how my family is contributing to the environment. And, um, and that is something that can go back on the, the action item to do list. And so, you know, taking this experience and trying as much as I can to both, um, think about how fortunate we are while, Know, trying to take action to address the things that were really hard about the experience uh, so that we're better prepared next time. And then also, you know, taking this experience and turning it into meaningful action that can, you know, we can at least our family, you know, change our, our habits to, to better protect the environment. And I hope that our listeners, um, you know, can also hear that and go, yeah, there, there's a, there's a thing that I can do. I can go back and listen to episode 352 and, and hear all the ideas in that show. Um, I think that that for me is, is 
the way to turn something that was a very challenging experience into an overall positive. I think that's a great perspective to have coming out. And I just, I don't want to minimize the experience you've had or anybody else has had to say that you only need to focus on, you know, what you can control or what to be grateful for. It's also really stressful and frustrating and your feelings and emotions and all of those things are totally valid. I think one of the things that comes from this that, you know, we're alluding to but not referencing is that these things happen and it feels not just frustrating for the experience that you've had, but for how our country and the world treats our planet. And I've been thinking a lot about this lately, actually, just even from things like, I know this is going to be blasphemy for my husband as he listens to this, but just the culture that we've created of daily showering. Like we know that um, things on our body are uh, our little pets on our skin can actually be Mm -hmm. good for us, as Sarah would say, you know, just things like that, that I'm like, why is why do we as a culture do this? Like, why have we put every single thing that we buy in in plastic packaging? Like, no, I don't need that in plastic or, you know what I mean? Just, and those things, maybe you can't control culture and you can't control all these, you know, a banana sold in a styrofoam container with plastic covering on the outside of it. And you're, wait, what? Oh yeah. It's totally a thing. (laughs) Not, not everywhere, but like individual bananas are sometimes put on a styrofoam tray with like, you know, st- uh, cellophane wrapped around it or whatever. And, I, you know, just different things like that, that I'm like, yeah. why, why are we it doing this? It comes in its own package. Yes. Peel. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so, you know, for those things, it's just, it's, it's hard when you've had this experience to then kind of like look at what are we doing and why are we doing it? And it's not just about, you switching from plastic to, you know, renewable or whatever. And the other thing that I want to mention is if you're still using disposable face masks, I highly encourage you to switch to cotton. That's like another thing that um, we've mentioned on the show before, mm-hmm. but is it, it so important in terms of like they're starting to see all of those show up in the oceans now and um, is a really great swap to make um both for the benefit of the planet and for your and health if you're, yeah if you're using multiple layers of cotton too it can actually be better than the procedure masks that most people are, are using as disposable masks so um an ideal cloth mask has three layers um and ideally would have at least two different kinds of fabric but anything that's a really tight weave is going to be effective we could put a, a link in the show notes to my um, COVID FAQ post on face masks that really goes through all of the different fabrics and their filtration efficiencies at different, you know, droplet sizes um, and, you know, compares them to surgical masks and N95s. And so I think, you know, it is really helpful to think about masks, cloth masks, not just as um, something that's a better choice for the environment, but also that a, a well, you know, well-chosen fabrics of a well-fitting homemade cloth mask is actually going to be more protective than um, a lot of the procedure masks that are disposable. I know they're convenient, um, but we just have, you know, we now keep, we have a, we've created a spot now in the house and it's like the face mask, like basket that's by the front door. 
and it's, you know, they, and I have a separate little laundry basket that where they go in so they can go into any load when they're, we, we only wear them once. Um, and a shout out to my mother who has made us a lot of homemade face masks because, um, mom, you're awesome. And I know you listen. So thank you, mom. Um, but there's, there's lots of really excellent options for pre-made face masks. I highly encourage our listeners to support, um, people on Etsy who are making them, um, as a, um, way of making money during the, you know, this very challenging economy. Um, but there's also, if you go to, you know, something like Amazon, there's also tons of options. There's big companies that are making reusable cloth masks too. Yep. (laughs) It's like, uh huh. And it's surprising that we'd be on the same page about that. He's shocking. Uh huh. <laughs> well, I hope that this has given ideas for you listeners to feel good about climate change, how, what you can do to control climate change and to prepare yourself for a potential, um, I don't know, weather affecting event in your home. I don't even know how to like describe it because there could be a multitude of things. A Listen, even if you live somewhere where these things don't happen, a car could hit the electric pole in, you know, the main line on the main street where your power source comes from and it could take days for them to put it back up. So it can happen to anyone, anywhere. And I think the tips about, um, you know, camping gear and all those things are super helpful. I know for us, um, the same as you utilizing our grill. And the thing is, is when it happens, everyone runs out to get the propane tanks and, you know, try to buy the um, standalone generator. That's the word I was looking for. Um, And so if you already have, like for us, we always keep an extra propane tank on hand, right? Like we have multiples and then we swap them out. Um, So just be aware that in these kinds of events, everyone has the same thought and it goes Mm -hmm. away quickly. So By by the time we were seriously considering getting a generator, there were no generators um, anywhere in the city. Uh, There was also no ice to purchase anywhere. (laughs) Um, And uh, because that was another thought of like, you know, trying to trying to save at least some of the food. Um, There was there was no ability to get ice either. Um, And so that's the other thing that we sort of thought about. It's like, okay, so if we had, you know, ice packs in the freezer, we could put, you know, things like um, medication that needs to be chilled in a cooler Um, because that was you know, another, another big stress for us was, um, I take one medication that needs to be in the refrigerator and, um, it didn't make it. So, um, you know, those, those types of things, uh, I think for each one of us, there's going to be some kind of individual, like what's, what's the, the challenge that I would need to think about? Like if, if, um, you know, if power's out for a day, usually if you don't open the fridge too many times, everything's going to be fine. Um, but it's the, it's the days on end where the options get, uh, fewer and farther between. And of course the last time I was in a power outage that was this long, uh, it was before I understood that, you know, gluten and dairy were so, were so bad for me specifically. Um, and it was a lot easier to get 
you know, takeout and things like that to get through. So that also, you know, knowing that we couldn't just go to any place to get food and it's also a pandemic, we didn't want to go to a restaurant like that. Those were complicating factors that I really hope I don't need to think about next time. Um, so, you know, I think that, um, the best, the, the best thing that I can, I can take out of this is, um, just the thought experiment aspect of it, right? The, okay. And what if, and what if, and what if, and what can I do? You know, we're never gonna be able to predict every possible, um, challenge and we're never gonna be able to even solve every predicted challenge. Um, but what are the things that I can, that I can do that can, um, avoid at least this particular thing next time. And, um, yeah, uh, I think we were slow. We were slow to think about, generators and, and ice and, um, all those, those possible things. By the time we were having a serious conversation, it wasn't a conversation that was worth having because they were not there. Definitely takeaway is make a list, make a list of the things that you can prepare for. And also make a list of the things that your family could potentially make changes with in terms of its impact on climate change. Mm-hmm. We recommend links are in the show notes and we thank you for stopping in and Sarah go forth, catch up, <laughs> use all of your power and um, try to recover a little bit from your, your days without. And we will be back again next week, of course, as always. And we have an epic show lined up and prepared for you that just needed a little more work Sarah wasn't able to get you (laughs) yeah it just needed I needed uh electricity to be able to organize uh all of my notes and uh that that's the piece that still needs to happen but it 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 I'm gonna knock on some wood right now uh because we're going to we're going to make sure that everything is good and it can all happen for next week do you love the whole view podcast We'd love for you to leave us a review wherever you listen and share a podcast with your friends and family. And did you know that you can now get exclusive behind the scenes content on Patreon for less than the price of an almond milk matcha a month? Your Patreon membership supports us and gets you access to a monthly bonus episode. But not for kids' ears because our bonus content is explicit. You can find us as The Whole View on Patreon for our real unfiltered thoughts on this week's episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.